This is Rosen Institute's Your Law Firm, where Lee Rosen and Ned Days cover management, marketing, finance, and new technologies for building the practice you deserve. Here's Lee Rosen. It's good to be with you today from Bangkok, Thailand. We're here mostly to see our older kid. We haven't seen him in nearly a year since our last visit here, and we are big fans of Bangkok. We really enjoy it here. We don't end up doing many of the touristy things here because we've been here so many times, but we really do enjoy visiting a place with which we are familiar. We spend so so much time in new places figuring things out that it is nice to come back to a place that we understand and we know how things work. We're having a great time here eating mango sticky rice and pad thai and wandering through the air-conditioned malls, which are such a sharp temperature contrast from the hot weather outside. We really enjoy interacting with the Thai people. They are such incredibly nice folks. They just make being here a wonderful experience. It's time for your tech tip. The year was 2011. I had been convinced by someone who shall remain nameless, but let's just say the name rhymes with Re-Lozen, to pick up stakes, move what few possessions I had into a storage unit, and embark on the digital nomad lifestyle by moving to Buenos Aires, Argentina. I was new at this, and being unaware that since Buenos Aires is in the southern hemisphere, it's winter in August, I was slightly unprepared and underdressed for the chilly weather. But I was determined to roll with the punches and make things work. And a big old punch rolled along my way on my fourth day in the country. I was staying in an apartment I had arranged on Airbnb with a guy who had basically been using the site as his own personal Tinder and was slightly disappointed I wasn't a 20-something female. As luck would have it, he was a man short for a soccer game with his friends. Now, soccer in the United States is a game we play when we're about six years old. I don't even recall there being a ball involved when I played as a child. I think it's just an excuse to wear your kids out by making them run around a field while picking their noses. Argentina is a different story. Soccer is a real sport there. My host would later tell me, and these are his words, not mine, so don't get mad at me, you are American and not fat, so we assume you must be very athletic. Oh, how wrong he was. In the course of this game, I managed to hyperextend my knee and fracture my tibia. I wasn't aware of the full extent of the injury at the time, but I knew that something wasn't right. By the next day, I was having trouble fitting my giant distended leg into my pants, and I figured I should probably seek some medical attention. I had taken maybe eight years of Spanish classes in school, which meant I knew how to ask for a bathroom, a library, and that's about it. Attempting to navigate the Argentine medical system with five words of Spanish and Google Translate on my phone was an exercise in frustration. I was fighting the language and cultural barriers the whole way. I actually managed to book myself in for an MRI at 1.30 in the morning somehow. I got to the building, made it up to the correct floor, and was placed into a literal broom closet by a nurse. I was pretty sure she wanted me to disrobe and then walk down the hall to find her. Sadly, she wasn't interested in visiting the library, and I had to make some educated guesses about what she was really asking for. So in this closet, surrounded by mop buckets and paper towels, I took off my clothes and wandered out into the hallway in my underpants. Eventually, the nurse came back, looked at me for a minute, and then laughed. Whatever I had done was clearly not the intended protocol. I was a bit deflated, cold, barely ambulatory, and standing there in my boxers. 
I knew what I wanted, I knew where I needed to be, but the language barrier and the rules of whatever system they had in place for giving me an MRI in the middle of the night just made everything excruciating. And I must confess, I feel that same twinge of frustration just about any time I use a spreadsheet. There is so much power, so much potential, solutions to so many of my problems waiting right there until I try to start typing a formula and end up with a thousand rows of hashtag error exclamation point. Spreadsheets are probably one of the most powerful and yet underutilized tools we have at our disposal. Even a lot of the big, expensive software packages we use just boil down to fancy interfaces on top of what are essentially glorified spreadsheets. But formulas, conditional formatting, and advanced features are complicated. What is a pivot table and how do I create one? Hell if I know. I have to Google every time I want to sum the values in a column. I have the data, I know what I want, but I don't know the language the tool wants me to use and it feels like it takes me longer to hunt down, cobble together, test, and troubleshoot the correct fragments of formulas from across the web than if I had just pulled out a calculator and done things manually. AI is the hot new thing right now, and we are seeing an explosion of services that are grappling with how best to use the technology. Some tools are helpful, most are still a little gimmicky, but one of the areas where this technology is really shining are those circumstances where we have a very clear idea of what we want, we just don't know the exact language or technical description of what it is that we're after. I mentioned in a previous podcast that services like ChatGPT are already surprisingly effective at generating computer source code if you are already somewhat familiar with the programming language and have a clear idea of what you're trying to do. Spreadsheets are a tool where even those of us without any programming know-how can start to leverage this technology to open up possibilities we couldn't previously access. If you are using Google Workspace, there is an add-on available in the marketplace called AI Formula Generator that will allow you to use conversational text in your Google Sheets sidebar to ask for an operation on the data in your sheet, and it will then create a formula for what it thinks you're trying to do. If you're using Microsoft 365, there's a similar add-on for Excel called AI-Aided Formula Editor that does much the same thing. If you have an OpenAI account, you can also simply start a conversation with ChatGPT telling it what you want to do on which columns and in which spreadsheet program, and it will output a formula for you to copy and paste into the appropriate cell. This sounds almost too simple, but as someone who recoils in terror anytime he needs to face the formula function in a spreadsheet app, it's hard to convey just how big a world is opened up by removing that limitation from an app most of us don't give a second thought. I'd encourage you to give this a shot. Open up that menacing spreadsheet that the bookkeeper who worked for you 10 years ago created and you're afraid to touch. What is it that you want to do with the data that you've simply resigned to never being able to get? You might be surprised at how, after a few interactions with these AI tools, you're up and running. And while I hope that we can all become a little more efficient by unlocking the power of the lowly spreadsheet... What I really want you to be thinking about are other places where you can either make your life or your clients' lives easier by using this emerging technology to remove the barrier of technical or language or nomenclature expertise. Are there applications for this in the way you assemble and compile court documents, the way you handle discovery, cataloging assets or financial transactions, categorizing and processing emails? Where are the places that someone who has a clear idea of what he's after but is lacking the domain-specific terminology or boilerplate is reaching an impasse? What opportunities can you open up now that we don't have to let things get lost in translation and we no longer have to find ourselves or our clients standing around in our underpants waiting to be told what to do? I'm Ned Days, and that's your tech tip. 
And now for your moment of concise advice, there is one piece of advice that I give to lawyers more often than any others, and it truly is the simplest piece of advice that I give to anyone. It comes down to just two words, and those two words are shut up. I suggest that lawyers stop talking, and along with that, I suggest that they start listening. Now, this probably doesn't apply to you, I'm sure, but this advice, it comes up in so many different situations and circumstances. I find myself going back to this fundamental advice over and over again. In fact, I find that we end up talking about this in nearly every conversation that I have with a lawyer who is seeking a solution to a problem. This advice, it applies to management when we're talking about interactions with employees. Stop talking and listen more. It applies in the intake process when potential clients are calling. Stop talking and listen more. It comes up with regard to initial consultations. It comes up with regard to client meetings. It comes up when we're talking about referral source networking kinds of meetings. I give this advice more than I give any other advice. Talk less, listen more, be quiet. I have a friend with whom I recently spent a week, and we had all of our meals together for those seven or eight days, and it was exhausting for me because I spent so much time talking. This guy, he is amazing at asking questions. We spent all kinds of time together over the course of that week, and he had me talking in response to his questions for what felt like almost the entire time. There were questions Questions on top of questions on top of more questions. Every question he asked resulted in a follow-up question and then another one. And no matter what I said, he had a follow-up question for it. We never ran out of things to talk about because he kept firing away with those questions. Sometimes it was a simple question. He'd ask me something like, how do you feel about that? Other times he would look at me and he would say, well, what did you do about that? Sometimes he would go with something casual, like, tell me more about that. He always had a question when I finished an answer, and I rarely had a chance to ask him a question because he kept firing the questions away. The week truly was exhausting because I spent so much time talking, and I really had very few opportunities to ask him many questions because he kept coming at me with his questions. But all in all, we had a great time together, and that had a lot to do with his questions. So for you, my advice today, run an experiment with the people that you're interacting with. Ask more questions. Listen more. Talk less. Try to keep the conversation going without having to talk very much. Use your words to ask the next question. See what happens. See what kinds of reactions you get. I encourage you to talk less and listen more. That's your moment of concise advice. Wrapping up from Bangkok, thanks for spending a few minutes with me and Ned today. We hope you have a great weekend and an even better week next week. Keep plugging away, moving forward, getting things done. You're on the right track. You'll get there. I promise we're all in this together and together we build better practices through better marketing, better management and better technology. Until next time, I'm Lee Rosen. Thanks for listening to Your Law Firm. 
visit rosensrules.com for our free course on the 10 critical rules successful law firms follow.